And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Now allow me to make a comment on this passage that we just read. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ makes all of us, every one of us, partakers of one grace. And by his spirit, gives us strong spiritual affections for one another. In the reading that we just read, we see that the Apostle Paul did not conceal his affections for the saints at Philippi, nor should we conceal our affections for one another here as Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. As Spirit-led Christians, that love one another, we should pray that our love for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ in this newly constituted church will abound more and more. And we should continually ask God to grant us greater knowledge and discernment regarding his will for us. May God be pleased to fill us with knowledge of his will through spiritual wisdom and understanding and be pleased with us through all spiritual fruits of righteousness that will only come as we rely upon the love of God and his grace as we devote ourselves entirely to those tasks that bring glory and praise to God. Now, if you will find that part in your bulletin this morning entitled, We Confess Our Faith. Let's read the confession as a prayer all together. We believe that we are delivered from our misery and that Christ, having redeemed and delivered us by his blood, also renews us by his spirit after his own image, so that we may testify all of our contact, God, for his blessings, and that he may be praised by us also, that everyone may be assured in himself of his faith by the fruits thereof, and that by our godly convergence, others may be gained by Christ. Amen.
together we will sing Jesus, the very thought of the hymn number 542. Please stand. preacher this morning is Pastor Steve Markadont. Pastor Steve has been an elder at Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Ontario, California for over 40 years. For 14 years of that time we served together as elders of the church. Sovereign Grace Baptist Church Ontario under the biblical leadership of Pastor Steve sponsored Redeemer Reform Baptist Church in Redlands, California, where I served before coming here. Sovereign Grace Baptist Church Ontario, under the leadership of Pastor Steve, sponsored this church, Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Bonham. Pastor Steve has had a profound and significant influence in my life. In fact, I've been thinking about all the different roles you've played in my life, Steve. You've been a pastor of mine. You've been a mentor of mine, a co-laborer of mine. 
and a dear personal friend. It's a lot. I am delighted that all of you have the opportunity to spend some time with Pastor Steve yesterday and today. I'm delighted he has an opportunity to minister the Word of God to us this morning. So Pastor Steve, if you would come and preach God's Word to us this morning. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. I didn't expect that. <laughs> so, but I do appreciate it. Thank you. We've been friends for years, friends for years, and co-laborers. Well, God is good. Let me just pray, and then we will turn to the Word of God. Father, open our hearts now. We have been worshiping you, and now we come to the hearing of your Word. We pray your blessing upon it. We pray your Holy Spirit would move amongst us, applying it to each heart as only he can. And we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. We've got a, a big hunk of scripture to deal with in the short amount of time we have. But we'll deal with it um, under basically two heads, as I'll show you in just a few moments here, centering in mostly on verses 4 and 5. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 4 is where we begin. As you come to him, obviously speaking of Christ, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now have received mercy. And as we begin, we can say that verses 4 and 5 is where we want to center, but uh, actually Peter buttresses verses 4 and 5 with some scriptural proofs. And I'd like to look at the scriptural proofs first. The scriptural background to the text we look at. Verse 6 is taken from Isaiah 28, 16. I'm not going to turn there for length of time and because it would say the same thing, except um, in our Old Testament, it probably reads something like, a will not be in haste. But Peter takes it most likely from the Septuagint. And, and it says, um, uh, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, a precious stone, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. 
And Paul quotes that exactly the same way in Romans 9.32. And you notice that word lay. I'm laying in Zion. Zion being uh, now in the New Testament, the church. I'm laying in Zion, a cornerstone, precious. And uh, that means to place, to lay, uh, to appoint, to ordain, to purpose, or to set forth. And God says that Christ was purposely given. Behold, I'm laying in Zion. Christ serves a very different purpose for the lost, though. And if there's lost amongst us today, uh, you need to uh, note verse 7. So the honor is for you to believe, but for those who do not believe. And that takes us to our next scriptural proof. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And that's the honor. That's a blessing. That's a great thing. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And then he goes on to comment on that. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Obviously talking about ancient Israel, but applicable to today too. The honor is for Christians. The stumbling is for the lost. Both given to us as God's doing. And really, that's coming from Psalm 118. And as uh, Peter writes this passage, no doubt he's thinking about Psalm 118 with New Testament eyes and bringing it to us. And by the way, this passage, Psalm 118, is quoted five other times in the New Testament also. So, um, the next verse in verse 8, um, taken from Isaiah 8, 14 through 15, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Okay. And so he gives us an inspired commentary on it. The action is they stumble. The immediate reason for the stumbling of the lost is they disobey the word. And the ultimate reason for the stumbling, which they were destined to do. And this word destined is also a form of the word lay or place to me that we've already seen applied to Christ as the one ordained by God. So if we were to look at the context, we would see who are they in context that are destined for this stumbling. In Isaiah 8, 14 through 15, it'd be both houses of Israel. Peter understood this verse, and he'd witnessed it with his own eyes. Messiah had come just as he promised. Messiah was received by some of the Jews, rejected by the majority of the Jews, but Messiah was received by the Gentiles. A remnant, not a majority of the Gentiles either. I like to think of uh, the whole idea of the remnant as being very, very important in the scriptures. Israel was a remnant among the nations in the Old Testament. They were remnant. A remnant is like a piece of cloth, a small portion of a larger part, right? So that's what a remnant is. Israel was a remnant out of, out of uh, all the nations. But Christians were a remnant too. A remnant out of the entire world, you know. Uh, we're not a majority world of Christians. We're a remnant. But by God's grace, there's never telling how large that remnant will come to be. And so we look for that by God's grace. Well, Peter is not content to just leave it at that. He goes on to tell us 
that they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Now, verse number 10, 9 and 10 is interesting here. Let's see. Verse 10. And my brother, Mark Landers, did a great job this morning in Sunday school talking about this. This comes from the book of Hosea. So I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to go over it again. He actually did a fine job of exactly doing what it says. Those who were there in Sunday school will recognize the wording. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Having to do with the very naming of his children. And so I appreciated that. And uh, there's five minutes of sermon that we're taking away right there. My gosh. <laughs> now, we go back to verses four and five. The contrast between believers and non believers. And I hope each of you will. I, I don't know most of you. Most of you I don't know, actually know you by name, sometimes from hearing about you, but um, I'm sure there's lost amongst us. I would hope that everybody would examine their hearts here. Those who are in Christ rejoice. Rejoice, this is a great passage. There's going to be great promises that are going to be brought to us. But if you're lost, oh my, the contrast, the contrast, just look at the contrast. In verse 4, we see that we come to him but the lost reject him. A Christian's one who's come to Jesus. The invitation goes out indiscriminately. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Okay, you need to have that. I'll give you rest. Christians have come. Christ said another time, if any man thirst, let him come. Another, I said, without qualification. Well, there's some qualification there, isn't there? The lost are not thirsty. The lost have no natural desire for the things of God. And the second thing we see from the passage, uh, chosen of God and precious. To us, he is precious. But if you're here today without Christ, he's not precious to you. No. We love him because he first loved us. Nothing means more to us than Christ. You know, uh, kind of cute little story.